what I love about the idea of Hanuman or the fact that you are all here is so cool is because you're learning about Hanuman, who to me was kind of like our first superhero. It was the first Hindu deity that was like shown as a superhero. But what I also love about the fact that you're all here is that we all did our check-in just now and you all shared how um, this pose is intimidating or I can't do it so why should I learn about teaching it or uh, there's no way I can do it or only like my teenager can do it and um, I love the fact that you said after that your teenager could do it you could work toward it or like how you said Peter that you could build towards it and kind of get into the pose and it makes me think of a um, Katabi Joyce always said that practice is 90 cent uh, yoga is 99 percent practice and one percent theory and it is true the more you practice the more you'll be able to get into any space. You don't have to think like, oh, I can't do this because I'm not a teenager, or oh, my body doesn't do that because my hips are really tight. But the ultimate goal of all of our practice is to actually be able to slowly and steadily unpeel the layers to get into the practice and be able to open up our bodies to more space. You know, we always talk about the practice as, um, you know, um, a lot of people see it as a strength training thing, but it actually is a releasing and a letting go, not just physically, uh, but also in our mind, a way to let go and create space. And um, this stuff isn't on your notes, but um, as we start kind of going through our sheets, um, and uh, I wanted to tell you some cool things about um, um, Hanuman. Um, Hanuman, the um, pose, is a really, it's a really cool central character in um, various versions of one of the most celebrated and revered fi figures. So Hanuman is a huge like Hindu mythological being. And um, one of my favorite things to, to um, watch is a cartoon called Sita Sings the Blues. So it's this really cool cartoon that was created all about um, Hanuman, which Hanuman Asana is named the monkey pose. He's trying to rescue his good friend Ram's wife, Sita. So it's kind of like this uh, thriller love story because the bad guy captures the princess and you have to go save it. And it's all about Hanuman. And it's a pretty famous tale. And because of some of the um, Hindu mythology and some of the stories, um, of Hanuman, uh, uh, it would, I would say of any of the deities, um, Hanuman, the monkey god, is um, one of the best known characters. Another thing that's interesting about Hanuman is there's a great um, Hindu devotional hymn uh, called the Hanuman Chalisa, and it is traditionally to believe to be authored by like a poet, but it has become a hymn that a lot of famous um, yogic singers or people that you might play on your um, yogi stations. So I would say go check that out. Uh, and then there's this um, Hanuman festival that is in Colorado Rocky Mountains. That's so cool that if you have an opportunity, you should go to the Hanuman festival because so many famous teachers and people go and it's a really fun event that's held once a year. But it's all based upon um, the philosophy of Hanuman. Um, 
what I think is really interesting, we're going to practice some sequences today, and I even gave you a handout um, of uh, Jason Crandall's sequence to get to Hanuman so that you can really see visually a body going into the motions and how the practice can open you up when you really work towards things. Um, many of the asanas in our repertoire have a fascinating mythology behind them. And one person that I would love to have you write down the name of also is Alana Cavalia, and she's a PhD, she has a doctorate, um, but she writes great books on the myths of the asanas, and I love it. I love the myths and the stories and the reasoning behind it, so you should check out um, stories at the heart of the yoga tradition. What is great about um, Hanuman is because he's kind of like the most well-known stories. The monkey king and the loyal devotee to Lord Rama. And Hanuman leapt across the sea from Indian, India to Lanka to rescue Ram's wife, Sita. Um, and he's, uh, the splits is all about making a great leap of devotion. I ask you a question in the question section of, can you give yourself over fully to an endeavor and keep your heart open? So that might be a journal question for the idea of Hanuman or Hanuman pose because this great leap of devotion that Hanuman made is um, a practice that we often do to embody the devotion to ourselves. And we don't really think of our practice as a devotion to ourselves because we're like more modern yogis, but um, really what you're doing is the idea of um, when you place your hands in front of your heart for Anjali Mudra, the idea of that namaskar or that kind of like um, balance of the right palm and the left palm in front of your heart with that mudra is a lot of times you just think, oh yeah, that's when I say namaste to my students. But actually you're holding your heart in your hands. You're creating and showing the balance of the ha and ta, you know, the male and the female, the good and the bad. But you're also holding the preciousness of your heart in your hands because you are a reflection of the lightness within others. But you are also saying, I honor and I devote my, you know, my passions and I um, honor myself. So it is a very devotional space to be in. Many yogis in the West um, you can understand it in theory because we do it, we practice it, we say those things. But to really experience it and to kind of leap over big hurdles and things that are uncomfortable that you really need to kind of like um, open up to, um, you know, those obstacles that are unseen or unproven that kind of are those personal blockages. Can you open up and devote to yourself to create space? That's what this pose is kind of all about. That's what Hanuman is all about. Um, this famous leap of Hanuman from the southern tip of India to the island of Sri Lanka really shows how um, Hanuman was a brave superhero. But it also shows humans how faith and practice can get you there. So the practice, 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 and all is coming really kind of comes back to this. Um, Hanuman, which is a monkey, and in, in Sanskrit, um, monkey is Vanara. Hanuman is a superhero, said to be the son of the wind, which is Vayu, and we have five Vayus, or kind of wind energies in our body. 
and the Vi Vanara woman, which is An Anjana. This unusual genealogy gives um, Hanuman a special kinship with both the world of the spirit and the material world. Through South Asian culture, Hanuman personifies the qualities of physical strength, bravery, and spiritual devotion. Hanuman and the Vanara people play a vital role in the epoch, and this is a great story to kind of check out too. There's good cartoons on this, the Ramayana, as a means of reuniting Queen Sita with her beloved Rama. Uh, Hanuman is revered for his devotion and service, and we emulate him when we offer our greatest strengths and most spectacular talents in the service of our highest ideals. There's a really great yogi named Saul David Ray, and so I'm just going to read a quote from him. He says that when Hanuman leaps, he leaps with his breath. And once again, we come back to that same thing that becomes so routine for a yoga teacher, we're constantly saying breathe. It's almost like the game of life is breathe. And when Saul David Ray is talking about this, that when Hanuman leaps, he leaps with his breath. In that way, Hanuman is a uh, an internal entity in teaching us to find where the breath meets the body, where the body meets bravery within our hearts, and enables our devotion to be a launching pad from which we meet life's seemingly unsurmountable challenges. So we are learning through this pose how to really take that leap of faith, no pun intended, right? To really trust ourselves and um, experience the devotion that the guru, out of the darkness into the light, that the beauty lies within and we can live it. But we also have to trust ourselves and believe it and really become it and embody it. Cool. That's my philosophy behind the pose. Today I thought we could um, go over the sheet that I made you, that two-page sheet, and you have a little handout sequence to kind of be able to go through. But um, also we're going to do a little prep sequence for us to do, to practice, to get into it, using our props of our block, our bolsters, and our blankets. Yay! Very exciting. Uh, Hanuman Asana. You know the word asana, so what do you think Hanuman means? Now that I've said it a thousand times. It's on your first page. Monkey. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, is, it, it's the splits, right? And this is where people, when they see and they really learn about Hanuman, they're like, well, I didn't take gymnastics, or I'm not five years old, so I'm not as resilient as I used to be. I'm not going to do this pose. But what we're going to learn today is the preparatory pose of it, of having one leg straight and one knee down, or just the different ways that we get our um, hip flexors, our psoas, our iliacus, and some of the other muscles open. That's... Hanuman. So that would mean a crescent lunge is a Hanuman prep. Right? A warrior or a hero pose is a Hanuman prep. Um, I put some pictures on your sheets from uh, Yoga Anatomy by Leslie Kamenoff. And another thing that I did on there on your pictures is I actually put a picture of Hanuman. So that you can kind of see what um, the 
monkey god actually looks like if you've never seen him before. As you inhale and exhale and feel your body kind of relaxing into it, you can see how, um, you know, you could actually get into the splits. The, the um, body parts affected pictures, it isn't really that unattainable when you start to find resiliency and openness in the particular muscle groups that we're going to start working on today. Uh, so then after it says what props we're going to use, and we're going to even use the wall today to kind of play around with, that's a fun one. Um, the question that I first read out loud is, can you give yourself over fully to an endeavor and keep your heart open? That's really scary because we have to be vulnerable. We have to create space. We have to pay attention to our sensations like, ow, oh, this pose hurts. I don't think I can do it. But then also dive deeper into sitting with that awareness and allowing it to kind of move through us versus saying, oh, this hurts, I'm going to go away from it, and blocking. Because those blockages build up energetically, and then it's harder to break, have that break through to be able to do the pose. So that even though this tech about Hanuman is a quote-unquote advanced tech, I want you to think of this um, pose that's intermediate or advanced, you know, considered in our um, yogic world and um, for teachers to be a beginner's pose versus considered to be an intermediate or advanced pose. The poses that are associated with Hanuman, um, there's tons of them and I listed a couple of them. Um, one of them I said already that has the word crescent in it. Can you try and say the Sanskrit word that I put there for you? For number two. One of them is hero's pose. That's a great way to kind of open up the front of the legs, yes. But what is the next word that is crescent lunge? Yeah, awesome. Anjanyasana. So you kind of like slur everything together. Anjanyasana, right? And you get Anjanyasana. And then I, we talk a little bit here on number three about the prep pose or setup pose for beginners or some modifications or variations to learn how to do. Uh, what is Baddha Konasana? Right, the bound angle mm -hmm. pose. What's Paschimottanasana? Yep, great. Seated forward fold. What's Suptavirasana? It, I'm cheating because it's, it's also up on number two. Supine hero. Right, a supine hero. Um, Upavishta Konasana. This is a toughie. Because Kona is, um, you've got Bada, bound angle, right? And then a wide, Kona is a wide angle. And then you get into Uptavishta, which is an upward, where you roll back and then you roll forward and then you are up. But it's almost like a wide-legged splits, more, a different kind of split sensation. Um, what is Uttanasana? Right, a forward fold. Janushri Sasana. Uh, I can't describe it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's actually four of them, of the Johnnies, there's four of them. And the first one that people mo mo do often is when the, uh, say, your right knee is bent, your left leg is straight, and you fold out over it. So that would be Janu Shri Sasana A. Mm -hmm. That's good. Pasarita Padatanasana. What is that one? Number 10. Yeah, number, okay. Wide leg, forward fold. A wide leg, forward fold, right? So if I'm sitting on the ground, what is that? Wide angle. So it's a wide angle pose, right? So remember, there's only about six poses that we're doing in yoga, and they're just em embodied in different ways. So I have Uttavishta Konasana, where my legs are up off the ground. I have Konasana, where I'm um, wide-legged forward fold, grabbing my toes. And then I'm in uh, Prasarita Padasanasana, and it's the same pose. My butt's just in the air, and my feet are down. So it's just a gravitational force that you're kind of learning how to play with. And then uh, Supta Bada Konasana. So what does Supta mean? Right, supine, so laying on your back. And what's Bhattakanasana? Bound. Yeah. Yeah, bound ankle. Okay. Some people I hear them say bound ankle, and some people I hear them say bound angle. So you choose your passion for the American yogi, right? Uh, how about um, Urdhva Prasarita Padasana? That's a tricky one, right? Pada is foot. Prasarita is a wide-legged, right? And Urdhva, Urdhva Mukha, right? Upward facing, yeah. All right, and then Virasana, again, written Three times now. Yes, a hero's pose. And remember when you're doing your hero's pose and you are going back, some people, if their knees are really tight, they're going to need to take their knees close together. Some people, if uh, their uh, hip flexors need a little bit more space or the shape of their hips are in a certain position, they need a wider space with their knees. So you can have either knees together or knees apart, but you don't want, like little kids sometimes can put their feet going that way instead of pointing your toes back. We want the toes to point back in the hero's pose. Okay, and then what would be a follow-up pose to a hero pose, uh, to a hero or to this um, uh, Hanuman? I gave you a list, so you're lucky. What? Yes, something that will, uh, uh, so you have your uh, balance and counterbalance, right? So something that will counterbalance it because you're going into the splits, right? So like a Ekapadaraja Kapitasana, which is your, um, this is good. Pigeon, very good. Paschimottanasana. Another forward fold, right? 
Pigeon is a forward fold. How about Natarajasana? What's Dancer. that? Dancer's pose, right? So you're seeking out the balance, just like in Hanuman, you're seeking out that balance of creation and destruction as you find steadiness. Everybody knows what dancer's pose looks like? Yeah? Okay, and then Uptavishta Konasana. We just learned it, right? So you're kind of going, yeah? Um, as we kind of play around with this um, Hanuman pose, it's all about physical strength, bravery, and a great leap of faith. Not just in your practice, right? Because you're making sure that you're safe and that you're not overstretching. But that great, great leap of faith to then um, off the mat have that, you know, trust and balance and accountability to yourself to be devoted to your passions and open your heart. Um, remember that everything is based on Tadasana, right? And I talk about that stuff so much that um, I always feel like it's so routine. But if every pose is based upon Tadasana and you're aligned in your truth, you're set. So what's one thing about Tadasana that's important? And that's on your page too. So what's one thing for you without even looking at that sheet that's important about Tadasana? Steady, right? Yep, easeful. Balanced. What's the name of the game for yoga? Breath, right? There's a great saying for Tadasana for mountain pose. You're as strong as a mountain, right? And nothing can erode you because you are a mountain, so it takes a long time to erode you. You can still stand up in your truth. Your heart is like an ocean because you're just flowing with the inhales and the exhales. And then finally, there's space between your ears. So Tadasana offers you everything that a mindfulness practice needs to offer you. Your inhales and the exhales create the oceanic wave, the rhythm of your heart. The strength in your body allows your uh, mind and body to find balance together. One thing from this list that I really want you to think about is that... Um, when you're practicing anything and it's coming from Tadasana, it needs to be accessible, right? So everything that we're doing and the kind of prep sequence that we're going to do is giving us the opportunity to um, work from modifications on up so that you're not forcing anything, but you're really giving yourself space to anchor into your breath, to shift smoothly into that inner state of equilibrium and peace. And to remember that um, you're giving yourself a, um, a centeredness. Is that a word? Centeredness? Centered? Yeah. So everything that we practice, we have to come through this pose from being centered. When the next part talks about the benefits, 
there are physical benefits of the pose, energetic benefits of the pose, and emotional benefits. Um, so because this is the lower half of the body, right, we kind of, it's pretty easy to think about the stuff that it's going to help physically. It's helping with your um, hip flexors, the back of the legs, um, which in, uh, the psoas, the iliacus, rectus femoris, satoris, and tensor fascia. But also it starts to move up into your low back because the groins, the hamstrings, the thighs, they are connected. We're not just totally like broken at one part and we have our bottom half and our top half. It's still engaged and working together. And then those energetic and emotional benefits. When you really dive into the practice of Hanuman, you dive deeper into the experience of your physical self. So that can open a pathway of observing the deep essence of your highest self within. So not only can you cure like issues of sciatica or all of these other things that start to um, affect us when we repress things or when we're kind of like holding on to things, um, this energetically can allow you to really um, bring yourself to a more clear state. And the final thing um, to watch out for is if someone has a bad like groin or hamstring stuff or um, uh, hip issues, then this might not be a good pose for them to do. So that would be really the only time you would say to someone like, um, maybe you should back off of this and then you give them props or tools to use to create this space. And the final thing, especially on this one, is, is people aren't standing like a mountain in this. They want to have that fortitude of the mountain, but they're not standing in Tadasana. So when you do get in Hanuman, you're not going to take and push on someone's shoulders in this pose. You're not going to take and push on someone's thighs in this pose because they'll just collapse under the pressure and then they actually could tear any of those muscles that we've been talking about. And then that's like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Remember that your adductors, so your kind of things that people kind of call the groins, they do go down to your knees. So if people do overstretch on this too much, there's a muscle called the gracilis that can kind of really like F up your knee. So you want to make sure that you're not doing that and kind of pushing too hard. So the most important thing and most powerful voice that you have is um, to be supportive by using your um, uh, voice. Um, and those verbal cues set the timing and the pace. And uh, we want to give space for people to honor their own skeleton. Because someone might come in and be like, they might look like a gymnast, but you don't know if they're injured. Or someone might be like, I really want to go into blah, blah, blah pose today but then they're not ready because they're not coming from the proper place of breath and movement and they just hurt themselves. So we want to really give you, the, the student, the opportunity to um, be present and breathe. The first kind of fun thing that I want to have you do um, uh, to create some space and to learn about this pose is to just do a simple forward fold. So take your bolster and um, bring your legs out to straight and take your bolster out over the legs. Good. And now from that position, 
start to move the fleshy part of the skin back. And we're just coming into Paschimottanasana with a prop. Good. Inhale. Lift your heart. And when you exhale, start to fold forward. And if you're not close enough to find some space, this is more of like a yin version of Paschimottanasana, try and take then your block and place the block on the bolster and set your forehead on the block and the bolster. So you want to relax and really find some freedom through the hand. What are you feeling in this It's a kind of pork that has strings. Are you feeling your hamstrings? Thank you. Are you feeling your hamstrings? Not that much. You might be super flexible and maybe need to move things more. Anybody feeling their low back broadening? Yeah. Right? What are your feet doing? Right, so some of your feet are passive. Some of you are holding your feet and making them active. Remember that if every pose is Tadasana, we have to cue as teachers to activate the feet. Awesome. Good. Okay, now come up and release your block and your bolster, and we're going to do something called Uttanasana. What's that? Standing forward fold, same pose, no props, right? So we're standing, our bodies are strong, feet in a comfortable position. Take and bring your hands to your hips. And with your next exhale, a little bend in the knees, begin to fold forward. Your hands come down to the ground. And from this position, you can even go a little bit further into the pose and from modifications on up. The first one would be to bend the knees, grab the opposite elbow from behind, and keep your stomach to your thighs, your face to your shins. If you can, then you would lift your hips up a little bit higher without losing the contact of your face to your shins. Release your hands down to the ground and take and bring your peace signs to your big toes, Yogi Tolak. So your feet are frontal hip bone distance apart or about two fists widths apart. As you hold on with your peace signs to your toes, bring your elbows out. Your head is hanging and your hips are high and your glutes are active and your breath is working. Begin to release your hands and slowly roll up. Last thing to come up would be the crown of the head. Okay. So, so far we've been doing the same pose, just different iterations of it, right? Okay. Now I'm gonna have you use the wall, which is kind of fun. You're going to take your thumb and index finger away from each other, and the rest of the fingers just kind of hang out with the index finger. And you're going to go to the floorboards, and you're going to put your hands down like down dog, thumb and index fingers spread out. And then you're going to walk your down dog feet up until your head comes and the back comes along. Bring your hands up. 
Again, sit down on the ground. Begin to take and flex the toes to the nose, moving the fleshy part of the skin away. So we're just coming into a nice forward fold. Take your thumbs into your hip creases and move the hips back. And did you all grab um, your uh, strap? And if not, don't worry about it. But if you grab the strap or use a block, Take your strap and put the strap at the ball mounts of your feet and pull back till your elbows come towards your ribs and your heart is held high. So now we're in a position where everything is engaged. Your toes, because the strap is at the ball mounts of the feet, are pulling back towards your nose because your heels should always be further out than your toes. So that gives you action. Your elbows are near your ribs, which opens up the collarbone. So just we can pull the elbows back. Yeah, there you go. And then you're aligning pubic bone and tailbone as you come forward, not from your shoulders and your neck, but come forward from the breath. Relax your jaw. So there's a difference between being active in this pose and passive in this pose, right? And this is really important because Hanuman, one leg is totally straightforward like this. And the other leg is going back. So you're working dynamic opposites. You're working two different positions. Good. And then come on back up. So that's that engagement that we're looking for. Let's find a nice little Johnny leg. So Janisvisasana, bend your right knee out, take your left leg straight, and now you're doing half of a Paschimottanasana, right? And then half of a what? A bound angle, right. Yep, so Bhattakanasana. So we're kind of combining everything together. Now yogis call this pose Maha Mudra. Do you know what Maha means? Huge, big. Yep, huge, big, like the greatest. That's awesome. Yep, so maha means the greatest. And mudra is, you know, those mystical hand positions or gestures that we make. So maha mudra, this is like considered the greatest of all poses. 
What do runners do after they run? They kind of do this pose, right? They don't know that this stretching pose is one of the, considered one of the greatest of all poses. Every inhale you lengthen, every exhale you fold, and then you can either grab the foot or the shin or the calf. Now a lot of people go passive in it, right? But can you be active in it, holding on to your foot or your shin or using a strap? Draw the shoulders back, just like that exercise we did in Paschimottanasana, and activate your body to move. Beautiful, really good. What do you feel? Hips, so piriformis, glute, low back, um, knee, right? Hamstrings. And you're even doing a little bit of an up dog because your heart is engaged. And then you would practice breathing because that's yoga. <laughs> Okay, come on back up. Very impressive. Bring your knee up. Do you want to do the other side so you feel okay? Yes, please. Okay, so um, I would love for you to popcorn teach and just throw out some cues that you think would be good to get into this second side. What did you all do first? Okay, activate which foot? Right foot. Okay, what do you do with the... Right, so the left knee comes forward and the left foot presses into your right inner thigh. Yeah, awesome. Elongate your spine. Face the right foot. Inhale, inhale, and then what are, what are these? Reach my hands towards my feet, so straighten my arms. And then what do I do with my uh, glutes or my hamstrings? I have to activate because if I'm passive, I'm going to overstretch, and then that's when you get the sciatic issues and all of that stuff. So activate the bones to hug the muscles and the muscles to hug the bones. And should I be slumping in my shoulders or should I be lifted? And if I'm lifted, what's creating that? The breath, a deep diaphragmatic breath. So you can really feel it. Awesome. So you're in Arda Hanuman. You're in half of Hanuman already because this pose encompasses it. Ultimately, for yogis who can really get into this pose, your neck lays out over your shin. Uh, and come on back up. I was at a retreat this weekend. We were all doing uh, 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 some yoga together. And the person who was guiding the class said, and if you can do this with your hamstrings, it means you grew up in the circus. And there were like 50 of us there. And I, I had my leg the way that she said I was in the circus. I was like, cool, I was raised in the circus. But I love it. Because it's practice, right? Because it's a lifetime journey and practice of just keeping doing something. And you'll be able to create that space. Um, the other thing that is a great part of this sequence that we would start doing is something called a sun salutation. Do you know how to do that? Okay, I think we're pretty open because we did a lot of forward folds with the Pashis and the Uttanasanas and now this pose that we just did. But let's take and come into downward facing dog. So we're not gonna do a full on sun salutation, but find a downward facing dog 
and let your head hang down to the ground. Good. Walk your dog a little bit, pedaling out the legs. And let's find, even though we're not doing it, let's find Paschimottanasana. Let's find our forward fold, okay? So lift your heels up off the ground. Have a little bend in the knees. And what do you feel happens with your pelvis when you do that? Right, it tilts a little bit, creating that natural curve that we sometimes lose when we overforce things. So now, straighten the legs, but keep your heels high and that little pelvic tilt stays. Engage your glutes and engage the breath and try and lower your heels without losing that stretch. Do you feel a difference in dog now? Are you going to engage your glutes, feel the thighs in the front and the thigh biceps in the back, hugging the bones? Awesome. Okay, come down onto your knees. So all of these poses are so similar. Your cues become very um, innate to the practice because you really understand them. <coughs> From this position, what are, we, what are we sitting in right now? Hero's pose, right? So just a version of hero's pose. What I'm going to teach you how to do is called... Parigasana, the opening of gates. Um, Parigasana is a really interesting pose because it's getting all of your adductors. And what, is ad, what does an adductor mean? So what does abduction mean? What happens when the aliens come to get you? Take you away. Yeah, take you away. Okay, what does adduct mean then? <coughs> Bringing together, right? Bringing inward. So abduct, I'm pulling away, adduction. So one thing I want you to really think about in Tadasana is that your thighs gently spiral inward. They're drawing together, which gives a really good engagement. So a lot of times yogis don't think about how important these groin muscles actually are, and that's when we get overstretched and injured is because we're not engaged. But if we engage our adductors, and then our hips draw out, and our king and our queen, the pubic bone and the tailbone, are having a good conversation, you're like set. Everything is, is possible. Anything is possible when you're practicing. So we're going to come up from hero's pose onto our knees to stretch out the adductors to get them prepared for Hanuman. Because Hanuman is a little bit of adduction, right? Because of the fact that we're really stretching out the groins. Okay. Parigasana is the opening of gates. Your right leg goes out. <coughs> and your right hand comes down and your left arm reaches high. And gently guide yourself over towards the right. I was teaching uh, kids uh, yoga and they were Spanish speakers. So inhalar is breathing in and respirar is breathing out. And then a la derecha is to the right. So there you go. There's your class in Spanish. And come on back to center. And let's switch sides. Bring the left leg out. So how many of you feel a stretch? If the left leg's out, your right knee's down, the left arm is out, your right arm's up and over. How many of you are like, oh my god, this is such a big stretch? Because you're feeling now what a student would feel, right? For, for like some people, you're like, I don't feel anything. And other people are like, oh my god, I like doing the wall way better because it's 
Yep, and come on up. Placing the left knee back down, sit on your heels in hero's pose. Okay, so now that we've kind of moved our body, right, in all of these cool directions, we've kind of started north, south, east, and west. Now we're going to take ourselves to go into, um, from that opening of the gates, into a low lunge. Okay, so this is a trick question. What was the name in Sanskrit for crescent lunge? It's got, it's got the name Jane in it. Johnny, yeah, no, that's, that's Johnny, yep, that's close, Jane. Jane and Johnny are very important in yoga. <laughs> Anjanyasana, yeah, it's good. Okay, but that's crescent lunge, so what's the prep for crescent lunge? What? Yeah, so we start off our lunge with the low lunge, right? So if we start together as a group, moving from hero's pose, let's just come into our hands and knees, neutral tabletop. You can do a cat cow if you want to. Roll the toes under, find downward facing dog. Okay, now on your next exhale, lift your right leg up high. Careful, <laughs> other right leg. And step the right foot forward. Good. Place the left knee and chin down to the ground. Inhale. Reach your hands to your right leg. Good. So now we're just in that half crescent, right? Or that lunge of the crescent. Okay? Everybody feel okay? What we want to make sure for our students is the knees don't go beyond the ankle. I'm like for some of us who are really flexible, that's totally fine, but most people, it can tear the meniscus. So we want the knee to stay over the ankle. Then, how's everybody feeling? Good. On your exhale, place your hands down to the ground. And we're gonna come into a pose that yogis like to call twisted monkey. Right, because we're doing monkey pose, huh? Twisted monkey, okay. All you're going to do is point the toes out to the right. You keep the left hand down and bring your right hand to your right thigh. Now you can use this as a twist, or if you're hypermobile and like totally like, this is no problem, like you're a young kid before flexibility starts to go away. Remember that stretching is our birthright, being free, our muscles open, right? So we should be flexible. Reach your right hand towards the left foot. And then you're in twisted monkey. But if you're not open or your muscles are a little bit too much, that little twist is much more um, effective. Let's take our right hand inside the right leg. And then real slowly begin to gently um, bring your uh, left toes under. Yep. And step back down, down. Okay, now that we know this, we're going to do this a little bit faster on the other side. So let's popcorn teach this so that you all can really show how much you've retained. The first thing that we're going to do is step the what foot forward? The left leg. Okay. And then we do what? Yep. Yep. 
Okay? Hands to the left leg, then what? Yep, and then we're breathing. After we breathe, a couple of deep breaths and then Andanyasana with the knee to the floor. We then take and get a deeper stretch, right? And what's this called? Yeah, twisted monkey. Left hand goes where? Yep. So left hand to the left thigh, and then if we feel comfortable, what happens? Yes. And if people's knees get really um, messed up or it's too tender, you just kind of double up the mat. A lot of students will be like, oh, I need the mat double because that's too much for me. All right, bring your hands back down to the ground, and then how do we get out of it? Yay! All right, you're all yoga teachers. Congratulations. Okay, let's go a little bit deeper before we get to where we need to go. We are going to do pigeon. Reach your right leg high. And take your right knee towards your right wrist, right foot towards where it feels comfortable. We're just going to do Ekapadaraja Kapatasana, but we're lifting up and we're just staying here. Now, I find if you keep the left toes pointing forward, that'll help you to keep the leg more active. Because sometimes when the toes point back, you become a little bit passive. And then the right foot is flexed, so you protect the knees, because we're not going to stay here long. Okay, and then step back, down dog. All right, can you all help me cue the other side, please? <coughs> As the left knee goes to the left wrist, the right leg is passive or active? Okay, and what's happening with my left foot? Okay, what's happening with my hips? I didn't really describe this, but let's talk a little bit about this. Am I tilted to one side? No. Right, because we're finding the han, the ta, that balance. Good. What do you feel stretching on the right side? Yep, the psoas, the hip flexors, the adductors. And what do you feel stretching on the left side? The outer thighs, the glutes, piriformis, adductors, abductors. Okay, let's step back down, dog. All right, now this is where we start going a little bit deeper, okay? We had our Johnny leg, we did some Pashis, we did a real gentle uh, fake sun salutation, right? But we got that down dog. All of these forward folds helped us to do that opening of the gates pose. And then now we're gonna go, um, we did, uh, oh, and then I uh, almost forgot, we did our um, crescent lunge with the knee to the ground and then we moved into what was that called? What was it? Twisted monkey, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then from that, we moved into, you had that right one next, the pigeon. And now we're going to go into a half split, okay? So this is why we need, might need a bolster or our block. So take and step your right foot in between your hands. Place your left knee and shin down to the ground. Come back up into the Anjanyasana prep pose. 
Now, what's interesting about this next thing is in opening of the gates, we had our legs, so we were working the adductors. And now we're doing kind of the same thing, but now we're going to engage the hamstrings and have them be part of it. So the first part is place your fingers and frame out the foot and kick the heel forward. Awesome, right? How many of you are like, oh my goodness. So your left leg is like in cat-cow with the knee to the ground or the, half of the low lunge with the knee to the ground. And your right leg is starting to stretch out. So one thing that's really kind of good to get people to prep and feel this is inhale, lift your heart. Exhale, fold. Inhale, lift your heart. Exhale, fold. Fantastic. Inhale, lift your heart. Exhale, fold. So you're getting closer. Okay. Now, grab your bolster and place it through the legs. Yeah. Yeah, if your bolster is far away, it's harder to get towards you. Now, some people might need two bolsters. Right? But what you're trying to do is, and you can grab a block if you need to, you're slowly oozing your right foot forward until you're just resting um, with your right thigh on the bolster. Your right heel is on the ground, the toes are high. What's happening with your back leg? Right, we want to activate it. So roll the toes under so that you don't go passive. There you go. All right, how's everybody doing? So there's blankets that you could use. There's uh, blocks. And you just keep putting all this gunk underneath your hips until you come into that space comfortably, not forcing. Feel good? Awesome. It might help if I can actually move my foot off the sticky mat. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> but don't force it. Right. Yep. Now, ultimately, in Hanuman, you reach your arms up high so that you come into the space and you reach your arms up. But don't force it. Yeah? Remember, I was born in the circus. I'm going to run back to it soon. Actually, I dislocated my hip when I was younger, so my leg's always been kind of off. So it's easier. Right? And then try and again fold forward out over the leg. It's a very active space. So be kind to yourself. Don't force anything. I want to try to feel it, but like with more. Yeah, yeah. Just keep propping yourself up as much as you need to until you don't need your hands, but you can kind of be in the breath and hold yourself there. <coughs> That's a lot. That's okay. Our bodies are all made totally different. That's my dad always told me. That's what makes horse races. So it's all good. We're all different. Activate through the feet, arches of the feet are bright, shoulders are open, legs are strong. Fantastic. It makes me feel like it's possible to 
right? It makes it possible. And you see all people's Instagram posts where they just work it, work it, work it, and they'll have like 2015, and then they'll have 2017, and it's like a totally different person, but it's all of the practice that goes into it. And what happens after you make a New Year's resolution? You start doing it. Right, <laughs> yeah? So there has to be, yoga is a habitual practice. It's not something that you kind of give up. It's something that becomes a lifetime and a discipline, and it's inherent to who you are. And if you don't do something that day, you're like, I don't feel right, you know, or my head's not on straight, or my body just feels kind of out of whack. The alignment comes with the breath. The alignment comes with tadasana. But things that are a little bit more uh, difficile, more challenging, you need to really do it daily. Except if you're on your moon cycle. Want to try the second side? Yes. Well, you can ask a question. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I discovered Jason Crondell, and I was, um, I've been practicing moving, moving closer to doing a crow that doesn't look like, you know, yeah. a dangerous thing. Yeah. And it's amazing because he will get you as far as you want to go, and you can really feel like a step by step. Yeah. And it's possible, and it's so encouraging. I was yeah. so grateful. Yeah. Right? It's just like what we're doing here, right? Yeah, exactly. The process. Um, another person you all should look up is Tiffany Krushank. She has, a, she's really a great yogi, and she's a doctor. So she comes from the practice anatomically. And her languaging is fantastic, and her um, sequences are really strong. How do you spell the last word? Krushank? Krushank? K-R-U-S-C-H-I-N-K or something like that, yeah. Her like logo is a yoga with a um, doctor's like a plus, you know, like a R. no, it's like a I don't know. Sometimes you have the medic symbol that's like a plus or something. Yeah, it looks kind of like that, but that's really cool. Should we try the second side? So that sliding into the full Hanuman doesn't seem unattainable with all these props, right? I'm going to teach you a really fun thing against the wall before we go. But it makes sense, yeah? Good. Let's try the second side, and you can help me teach it. All right, so what do we start off in? Okay. We're in down dog, and then what happens? Yep, left foot comes forward. We're using our breath. Good cues, everyone. Right knee down to the floor. Yep, right knee down to the floor. Straighten the left leg. And what happens to my toes? Yeah, add like dorsiflex the foot, right? So the toes come to the nose. All right, for some of you, is it hard to get your fingers, the palms down, right? So you can even have your student prop up their hands. Every inhale is a what movement? Upward, yep, and then every exhale is a forward. So if you kind of take a couple breaths, inhaling, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling, then, then, then what happens? Mm -hmm. 
And who's noticing a difference between sides? Yeah. <laughs> right? So we have a dominant side and an undominant side, but the hatha, hatha sometimes is defined as masterful. So part of the hatha yoga is, is that we're trying to balance out our strengths and our weaknesses, right? So we're trying to get equanimity, not only in our brain, but in our body. And then um, as you set yourself up into this position and you're stabilizing yourself with your props, what does your back leg do? Does it fall asleep and just turn off? Yep. And some people say toes, um, the shoelace side of the feet on the ground. I just think toes under helps protect the um, adductors and the knee much better. And then we breathe, right? So it should be a symphony of oceanic waves of breath. So you find your ujjayi, you find that victorious breath, and you just work into it. Okay, so it's uncomfortable for someone, um, but it's not hurting. But it's not like right. painful or pinching. Yeah. But my mind at the moment feels like, okay, there's a limit to this, right? Now. So just right. go with that and just come out of it, like while you're practicing, or stay in the discomfort for a little bit. Right. So that's a good point. Okay. So that what we're trying to do is really be present with the sensations. Mm -hmm. That's that introception, right? We live in a place of thinking. Mm -hmm. How can we get out of that extraception, that the conceptualizing, and really be present with the experience and just pay attention to it? We have to know the difference between good pain and bad pain, but we also want to expose ourselves to what is blocking us. Is it a repressed emotional blockage, or is it like, like you know, is it literally like my body, that's as far as I can go today, and if I'm safe in my props, then I'm fine. Right. Does that answer it? Yeah, and is this just like that little fear thing coming, going, I'm sure you should be in this, and then I'm like, okay, just, I'll just come on. Right, so that's like your inner critic. Yeah. Right? Or your, like your, um, that negativity, that ruminating thoughts, all that stuff that kind of pulls you down, weighs you down. Right. So it's almost like a meditation practice. Can you sit with that challenge if it's not painful or you guys can get out if you need to, if it's not painful or like, you know, hurting you physically, like you need to go to the hospital, but how can you um, really dive deeper into the sensations so that those sensations don't become you. Because you are not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times our head hijacks our body. Yeah, and it feels more like a self-limiting belief than a, that my anatomy is just not possible. So that's right. the work Yeah. Okay. And that, this question that you asked, it applies to every pose. Because there's lots of people who won't come to the mat because it's really scary, or they think that they can't do it, or like they don't look like the other people, and it's our judgments, and it's our assumptions, and we already know if we um, assume something, you make an ass out of you and me. That's what I learned in grade school. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's so many different things that can really cause triggers within ourselves, and 
that's why I really think like Patanjali or the community of individuals or whomever it was who kind of brought the tradition of yoga to the masses, to householders, to people, it's like they were the first psychotherapist. They were the first per, uh, person who started to prescribe medicine, right? And that's what Tiffany's program is called, Yoga Medicine. Is that like, it's like you, literally what you're doing with this, this medicine is that you're healing yourself without using drugs, alcohol, a pill, or whatnot, or like become a sex addict or whatever your passion for, for um, kind of inflicting challenging situations on yourself is to kind of numb the pain. It's like if you literally do the poses and you really use the breath and sit with it, this mindful moving meditation practice is so much greater than, it was created to be so much greater. It was created to get you out of the samskaras, is what yogis call it, the broken records. And then they say, hala, hala, samskaras are poison, and we're trying to get rid of the poison. So your feeling of discomfort and, and breaking through that by breathing into the sensation but not becoming the thoughts, but really exploring the sensations and what it brings up actually is a better way of dealing with it than saying, oh, I can't do it and running away and pulling out of the pose. Props. Right? That's, that's the thing. Great, great question. I hope I answered it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then the thing that I wanted you to feel, that's another fun wall thing. Do you all understand how to set up Hanuman? Yeah. Makes sense? It's not Uh, the other cool way to get yourself into the pose and kind of play around with it is using the wall. So we use the wall to guide ourselves into what pose? Uh, right? Uh, uh, what's a forward Uttanasana? That was good. Awesome. What's this one called? Yep, Padagustasana. What's this one called? Right. It's the same flipping thing, eh? And we did it against the wall. Right? So when you do the splits against the wall or when you do Urdhva Hanuman uh, out in the middle of the floor, Urdhva Hanuman, you take and you do the, so this would be like a peak pose. I've already worked into Hanuman on the ground, so then I can incorporate it into the standing splits, right? And incorporate that into my practice. What I like to do to teach people how to get into these poses is to um, take and give yourself the opportunity to use the wall. So all you're literally doing is taking and bringing your heels up the wall and down dog. So the other way we were facing the wall, right? Because Uttanasana is a forward fold. But now what we're going to do is we're going to take and bring our right our heels up the wall and you're in down dog. And then you bring your right leg up. And then the trick of it is, and I haven't been working yet today, so... You come into it until you really create the space. And your hands walk as far forward as they can until you can do Urdhva Hanuman, which is the same splits with one leg in the air. 
and that helps you. You want to try it? It's kind of fun. It makes you feel kind of kittywampus, you know, because you're not, um, you have to rely on the breath to be your center, and your down dog hands are still on the ground. So start with your right leg up. Your left heel stays on the wall, ball mounts of the left foot on the ground. Just walk your hands as close as you can to get the stretch. What I like, because I'm kind of a stickler for alignment, what I like about this position is it makes you stay in alignment. Do you feel that? You can't tweak out your hips. You can't kind of move them and make them uh, be not aligned. Take the ball mounts of your foot to the wall, that might help. Yep, there you go. And walk your hands forward so you're not so close. Okay. You're honoring where you're at, right? We have to honor everybody's skeletons different. Some people are like, oh, that's great, I'm gonna walk my hands to the floorboards and get that close. And some people are gonna be almost like they're in there now, dog. Nice Vivian. Uh, so make the toes that are in the air active. There you go. Good. Awesome. And then come on out, and just so that you walk balanced today, try the left leg too. You can take a break in child's pose, or you can do whatever you need to do to kind of be like, oh my gosh. How many people started sweating? <laughs> yeah. Interesting how one pose can make you sweat just by breathing, yeah? And how your body can really create space and awareness just by kind of consistently staying in alignment. Let's slowly kind of come up and um, go onto your backs. And we'll just create one other little thing to help kind of show you this pose. As you lay down on your back, bend your knees to your chest and come into a little bit of a happy baby so that you feel yourself kind of coming into alignment. Again, and your hips open up. Okay, then all you're going to do is, from happy baby, um, release your hands and take and bring your legs out in front of you again. As your legs are laying down on the ground and you're on your back, we're going to go into Supta Padangustasana. Bend your right knee to your chest. And you're going to take and take the left Hand and press it on top of the left thigh. Take your right peace signs to your right toes. Now for some of you this is where you might need a strap 
Take and straighten the leg out high to the sky. If you need a strap, place the strap at the arch of the foot and hold onto the strap, both ends of it to the, um, in the right hand. Good, bring your face towards the leg. So you're lifting up from the breath. Good, lower your head and shoulders back down. And now point the pinky toe out to the right side. Good, take the leg out towards the right as the left hand keeps the right le left leg down. So if your left leg starts popping up, don't go any further. You're just breathing. Use your exhale to bring the leg back up so you engage your psoas. And now pull the leg as far to your face as you can without compromising alignment. Good, release the leg and just lower it down. And give yourself some rebound, give yourself some space, inhale and exhale. And let's try and find the other side. Bend the left knee towards your chest. Peace signs or the strap to the left foot. Straighten the leg up high and notice that the right leg has become passive. Keep the leg active, toes to the nose. And begin to draw your face towards the leg. So your right hand is on your right thigh, your back is strong, shoulders are open, you're pulling yourself up and lower onto your back. And what is back, again, when you're on your back in a pose, it's called a what pose? Supine, awesome. Now point the left toes out to the left, start with the baby toe and bring the leg out, but don't overstretch, know your body's ability. Bring the leg back up and start to uh, draw the leg towards your face. Keeping the leg straight and true. That's the hard part, yep. And then release the leg out and just kind of hang out. So Hanuman we learned today was the superhero. It is all about physical strength, bravery, and that great leap of faith. So the story of Hanuman, that amazing monkey god, and in Hanuman Asana, when he's trying to good, go and save Sita, uh, he was challenged to see the objects of his devotion inside of himself. And what was interesting about the whole story is that he ripped open his chest, revealing that Ram and Sita both lived inside of his own heart. That guru is already within that balance, that ease. And this is the definitive understanding of devotion, that the object of your deep love and the knowing of your highest self are not separate, but they're the same. And sometimes um, this path 
um, is hard because um, we're not always practicing that path of devotion. And yogis call that bhakti yoga. By placing all our focus on that divine within, the essence of our own heart, we will be able to merge with the object and become what we seek. The practice of Hanuman gives us the opportunity to really explore that possibility. And so some people shrink at tasks because they might be hard. And we really need to remember that that divinity is within ourselves and we can accomplish the impossible. That's why Hanuman is a superhero. So as you inhale and exhale and your body kind of opens up to all these different um, poses that help us to get into Hanuman, feel that beautiful brightness that you have, that you are a beacon of light and possibility. And every inhale and every exhale, allows you to be a superhero. So from this place of rest, feel the ease and the compassion, and begin to gently bend your knees to your chest. Take your arms back behind you and roll towards the right side. And press yourself up into a seated space. And there's a saying that for the devoted soul, nothing is impossible. So feel yourself really attuned with the attitude that you've created on the mat. And share this awesome energy and possibility with every person you come in contact with off the mat so that the merits of your practice can benefit all beings. I hope you have a really awesome day because you're badass mofos. Namaste. Thanks for playing yoga. You're all great. Great. Just great. <laughs>